p.m. This is your fight night experience. Let's go. For more information, visit SaharaLasVegas.com slash UFC 275. Your afternoon Raiders fix with your boy Q on Unnecessary Roughness from 2 to 5 on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM KRLB Las Vegas. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders! Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And mandatory minicamp is a wrap. Seems like it was just, well, just a, a day ago that we were getting out here for the first time for mandatory minicamp, and all of a sudden, boom, once the, uh, the, the bell blew today, it put a wrap on everything, and it got done quick, fast, and in a hurry. We weren't outside. We were inside at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, so they took the party inside. And then practice was short, and, hey, the media session got wrapped up quick, fast, and hurry as well. So everyone saw the writing on the wall. They went in uh, hard in the paint for a couple days as far as mandatory minicamp went. And then today was one of those, uh, I thought, very energetic day, a day that you saw a lot of uh, intensity, obviously no physicality, but intensity. You, you could see that there was a purpose to what they were doing, but it wasn't – it wasn't a, a real long practice, but it was just as a matter of fact. And then it was over. Once the media session was a wrap, then it was a wrap. So mandatory minicamp is now in the books. It is behind us. And uh, they have one more TAs next week, early next week, and that's voluntary. And then they're going to shut it on down until training camp. So here we are, Raider Nation. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Raider Nation Radio 920. My man, DeMond Cotton, in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I am in the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Podcast Studio, this fantastic place. I actually had an opportunity earlier the, today to talk to uh, Eddie Pascal, who does Upon Further Review, and you can hear that uh, conversation that we had following Unnecessary Roughness today right at 5 o'clock. So it's going to be funny to hear, uh, you know, Unnecessary roughness for the next three hours, and then it's going to be like an extended unnecessary roughness with uh, Eddie my, and myself. But uh, he does a fantastic job, so you'll hear that conversation uh, here on Radio Nation Radio 920 just after 5 o'clock. But got plenty to get to on today's show. Always excited to uh, have a few hours to, to talk with Raider Nation and, and also bring you observations from minicamp, thoughts on the team. Uh, we'll just do a little bit of everything here on the show for the next three hours. And as I mentioned, DeMond Cotton back in the home studio, what he has to do today, his one task that he has to get done in the next three hours is he has to give you a review on Jurassic Park because we did not do it yesterday. And as soon as we signed off. I thought, damn it, I forgot to have him do a review on Jurassic. Was it Jurassic World Dominion? I, I don't know why. Bingo. I can't. Is it, that's what it is? It's called Bingo? No, Jurassic World Dominion. <laughs> <laughs> Jurassic World Dominion. Yesterday, DeMond had the hat on that uh, was representing Jurassic World, and today he's got the Batman hat on. I think that's Batman. Yep, he's got the Batman hat on today. So uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to give you a great review like he, he would have been able to do yesterday, but we'll do that at some point in the show. So, DeMond, that is your job. Yeah, I mean, you had a lot of jobs, but that is your number one job is you've got to give the Jurassic World uh, review. You said that, and I immediately started looking around like, man, what did I forget? 
That, that's well, what you forgot. <laughs> yep, that's what you forgot. No, it's going to no. be even better today because I got an extra day to prepare, you know? Oh, okay, good. That's that's what it is. We missed yesterday because DeMond needed an extra day of preparation. So that'll work. Not mad at that, but that'll come up at some point in the show today. And, uh, again, we went and checked that movie out. We saw the movie premiere uh, on Tuesday night, and the movie drops on the 10th. So uh, he'll give you a preview of what, you're, what you should expect without giving you any spoilers. And I'll just say I enjoyed the movie even though I'm not a Jurassic Park guy. I've never Never seen any of them, but uh, I thought that was a pretty good one. So it's probably bad to see the trilogy, the third, the the third one, the third version of it, without seeing the other ones. But that's how your boy rolls. It's the last one, Q. The The final one. That's what they say. That's what they say. I'll believe it. I'll believe it after they uh, they look at all the numbers that they do as far as money that they make and decide. You know what? You know how we can make a lot of money. Let's just do it again. Let's come up with another one. So and so, uh, you know, there's there's there's. There's some kind of sequel because, well, this just popped up that nobody knew about. You know what I mean? Like, they can come up with something. The secret they formula got into the wrong hands again. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Something like that. And I don't even know what you would call it. I don't even know what the, you know, what the dinosaurs would be called. Stuff. There were so many things that were going on in that movie that I had no clue about. But at the same time, I can still tell that it was a pretty good movie. So there's that, you know. But, uh, yeah, in, until, until they officially just go ahead and close the door on that, I'm not believing that that's the last one until it's actually the last one. But I do know coming up on the show today, I'm very excited about the guests we have. Coming up at 2.30, we're going to take a trip in the huddle. Vinny Bonsignor, who's uh, obviously from Radio Nation Radio 920 and the Las Vegas Review Journal, who's uh, probably downstairs right now still in the media room working on some some articles for the RJ. He'll join the show to talk about not just minicamp what he saw today but just what he's what his big biggest takeaways were from the last three days and we're going to do this quite a bit where Vinny's going to be doing some uh, work on the morning show and then obviously be doing some work with us in the afternoon as well we uh, just like to go ahead and make him as versatile as possible make him do as much as possible Uh, we keep working him working him and working him so he's going to join us at 2 30 just to kind of pick his brain on what he's looking for when he was on the indoor today checking out the 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 mandatory minicamp and then also uh, what he's been seeing over the past few days and what his expectations are for this upcoming uh this not the season but this team as they're trying to build this team so Vinny will join us at 2 30 to talk all things Raiders and their their mandatory mini camp that they've had the last three days and then coming up at uh, at three o'clock you'll hear from one of the coaches that met with us uh not to, Devontae Adams, the wide receiver, obviously, big-time wide receiver. Harry Ruiz just had on, on his show just a little while ago as he's filling in for JT the Brick. So he played his uh, his media session. So we won't play that one, but we will hear from one of the coaches, Coach Simmons, Jason Simmons. He is a secondary coach. We'll hear from him, I believe, at 3 o'clock. That should be uh, when we play that. And then we'll probably hear from Trayvon Merrick, even though I know he was on the show on Monday. We'll have uh, Trayvon Merrick, his media session, around 4.30. So that'll be some of the, the media sessions that that we'll hear from that we heard today uh, in the in the Intermountain Healthcare Performance it's the media room. Uh, we also talked to Coach Palomalu, and then uh, also, as I mentioned, Devontae Adams. He was really, really good. So if you missed any of that, make sure you go check it out on Raiders.com. So that'll be at 3 o'clock where you'll hear from Jason Simmons, the secondary coach for the Silver and Black. Then at 3.30, uh, Mike... Matt Nicewanger, uh, Shadow Ridge High School girls flag football coach, he's going to join the show. I talked about this uh, in great detail on yesterday's show the, the, as the, the Raiders had 
uh, an all-star event. They also had like a combine here at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. So they were able to kind of showcase flag football, uh, girls flag football around the state. And so uh, he was a major part of that. Also, uh, his girls flag football team won the 5A championship earlier this uh, year. So we'll talk to Matt coming up at 3.30. That'll be Coach Nicewanger will join us. And then at 4 o'clock, Bridget Condon uh, from NFL Network. She'll join the show. She was actually here in attendance of, uh, of the media day or media session and, and the a mandatory mini camp yesterday. She was here. She wasn't here today, but she was here yesterday, so she was able to observe. So we'll just kind of pick her brain on what she saw, her thoughts about the AFC West in particular, you know, how, how she thinks it's going to shake out this year. Uh, but Bridget Condon will join us at 4 o'clock to talk all things Raiders, AFC West, and a whole lot more. That's coming up. So i uh, got some really good guests coming up on the show today. Very excited about them. With that being said, let's go ahead and uh, jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now, I like to come to the show every day with a, a topic or a question. And as I mentioned, I was uh, on the Upon Further Review that you'll hear a little bit later on with Eddie Pascal uh, from Raiders.com. And he asked me a question towards the end of the show about you know, what I have questions about. You know, where, where's my biggest questions lie when it comes to this team as it is constructed right now? And, of course, the offensive line is what I think everybody's talking about. I think everyone that has been here in attendance of practice, that's where they're paying attention to. You know, what's going on with the offensive line? What's going on with Alex Leatherwood? What's going on with Dylan Parham, the third-round pick out of Memphis? I mean, the offensive line is the easy answer, right? Hey, who's going to play uh, tackle? Who's going to play guard? Are they bringing in veterans? I think that that's the easiest answer, uh, not because because it's a bad answer. It's obviously very, very important. Um, we talked to Paul Gutierrez yesterday on the show, and he said, hey, I'm always going to focus on the offensive lines and the defensive lines because that's that's where games are won in the trenches. And I agree 100%. So I'm not downplaying it. Like, that's not a, a very important uh, answer about, you know, what, what position still con- not concerns you, but you have a question about. That, I'm not going to downplay it. I'm just saying that we've talked about the offensive line in such great detail that I don't want that to be the answer. But Outside of the offensive line, and myself and DeMond actually talked about this a little bit before we even came on the show today, outside of the offensive line, what position group do you have the most questions about? And it doesn't even have to be a concern. It could just be a question. And when I mean a question, you could be, hey, what's the pecking order here? You know, who, who's going to be the starter? Who's going to be, you know, the, 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 the second team? Who's going to be this, that, and the other? Who's not going to make the squad? You know, I mean, think about it. If you go up and down, I mean, I got a roster in my hand right now. It's a 90-man roster. We all know that when the season kicks off in L.A. against the Chargers, it ain't going to be 90 men out there, right? It's a 53-man roster. So there's a lot of questions you can have that aren't necessarily concerns, if that makes any sense. So uh, the question that I want to throw out there to you, and I would love to hear from you throughout the course of the show, 702-365-9200. Of course, we'll ask Vinny Bonsignor when he joins us at 2.30. This will be the first question I ask him as well. And the Sam and Ash text line is wide open like some old school TV antenna, 69187, keyword R&R. What position group do you still have a question about? And what is that question? Let us know. 702-365-9200. And it's funny, my answer to Eddie was secondary. And the reason why my my answer to Eddie was secondary was just because I'm not too sure what the pecking order is going to be. You know, we expect Trayvon Mullen to to heal up from his surgery that he had, and we expect him to be a starter. Uh, I've liked Trayvon Mullen since they drafted him, you know, coming out of of Clemson. I was a, a big Trayvon Mullen fan. I was so excited when they drafted him. 
Problem with Trayvon Mullen, as we all know, is that he's been banged up quite a bit. And so that's that's a that's an issue, right? But you're expecting him to go and, and be the guy. At least I'm expecting him to be the guy. So does Rocky Sin take the take the spot next to him or across from him? Because we know that the Raiders went and made the trade. When they traded Unique and Gakwe to the Colts, they brought Rocky Sin in. So, you know, just based off that, you would think, okay, he's gonna be the next starter. But that's the beauty of training camp. There could be someone that we're not talking about in that secondary that emerges, and all of a sudden we look up, you know, week one against the, the Chargers, and all of a sudden there's another guy across from Trayvon Mullen. Or maybe, you know, something else happens. Maybe Trayvon Mullen's not that guy. I mean, there's, there, there's questions for me when it comes to the secondary. And, of course, there's a lot of guys right now in the secondary, but we all know that it's not going to all be there. I mean, look, you got Darius Phillips. That's a, uh, that's a guy who's uh, obviously playing the safety position. Or corner, excuse me, playing, the, but he's a, he's a veteran, and he could he could double back to the safety if he has to. He's got that versatility. You got a Meek Robinson who's been there for a while. Uh, of course, let's see. Rocky Sin just talked about him. Trayvon Mullins there. Uh, Anthony Averett's there. Who else? Uh, Cravon LeBlanc. Cravon LeBlanc. Love saying that name. Uh, Nate Hobbs. We know he's going to be in the slot. Uh, then you got Bright, Bryce Crosby, Sam Webb, Stanford Samuels. I mean, there's Tyree Gillespie. I mean, remember him? He's still there, and of course, he's he's doubled down as a safety. And then there's the safeties. I mean, I just listed off the corners right there. But that's why the secondary, because there's so many different guys, and and I do believe there's multiple guys that can play multiple positions as well when it comes to the secondary. So you know, how are they going to fit into this Patrick Graham defense? That was that was the the answer that I gave Eddie was was the secondary. But then I started thinking about it, and while me and while me and Demond were kind of preparing for the show, I started thinking about the running back room. You know, so, I mean, I feel like there's so many different directions you can go with this because, you know, and we, and we didn't get to see Josh Jacobs. We didn't get to see Kenyon Drake. We know he's coming back uh, from an uh, injury. We're talking about Drake. And then Josh Jacobs, he's here, and uh, he's, you know, according to Coach Josh McDaniels, he's here, and he's just putting in work inside. He's not out. He wasn't out, uh, you know, practicing and working. So, I mean, there's just that. You know, you've got Brandon Bolden. He met with the media yesterday. He's a guy that comes over from New England. Obviously, he's got uh, experience. Amir Abdullah is a guy that was signed in the offseason. I mean, there's, there's, there's depth right now in the running back room. We know how much depth there is. Of course, there's Amir White, the fourth-round draft pick, who just signed his rookie deal yesterday. So I think there's a good argument, Demond, for both of those positions as far as, you know, what kind of question do you, you know, what, what position do you still have a question about? The running back position, not because you don't have dudes, but – What's the pecking order of those dudes going to be, <laughs> right? I mean, because there's a lot of talent there. It's just who's going to be utilizing what's going to be like the one-two punch or one-two-three punch. Yeah, that, that's a good answer too, but mine was going to be the defensive line just because of the numbers like you speak of on the interior with the two rookies coming in. You've got Butler and Farrell. Where do they where do they place out? How much playing time which should we expect that those rookies are going to get? Also, like with the running backs, with Zeus. Or you just don't know. I feel like the unknown of, hey, they drafted these guys. How are they going to use them? But those two guys on the defensive line, I really want to see how they're going to shake out. You know, talking about Zeus, Amir White, I, I do – I don't want to say I, I question how they're going to use him because I feel like in my gut I have a good feeling of how they're going to use him. I think he's going to be used in, in a minimal this season. I really do. I think he's going to be used minimal this season. I think you're going to see a heavy, heavy dose of, of Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, and, uh, and, you know, of course, Brandon Bolden as well. And then after that, 
then all bets are off. You know, I mean, I think that Zamir White will probably get some burn here and there. He may get some, uh, you know, carries uh, uh, near the goal line. He may be that guy that that uh, they use to try to power it in uh, a little bit more with his size and his physicality that he runs with. I mean, he's really a big-time downhill runner. He could be a guy like that. And I could be completely wrong as well. You know what I mean? Like, that's just my gut feeling. Uh, that, that's, that's what I think. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what it is. The way you're talking about him, it almost sounds like he's the quarterback in waiting. How, you know, with the 49ers last season. Right. Hey, Trey Lynch, we all know that you're going to sit this year, but we're going to get rid of Jimmy G next year. And you know, if this is go- that's going to be your year. So maybe, like, like you said, like sparingly use them, but right. we don't know what the contract situations. but we can read the writing on the wall just a little bit. Right, say, exactly. Like, hey, next year is going to be your year. I feel like he's a guy that has the potential to do the exact same thing that Latavius Murray did back in, what, 2013, 2014, whatever, whatever year it was when the Raiders got him very late and they, uh, they stashed him on IR, right? They stashed him on IR. He didn't play at all his rookie year. And then his second year, he didn't play until – late in the season, and then once he finally got out there and he had a real big game against Kansas City on that Thursday night that helped the Raiders pick up their first victory of the year, as a matter of fact, uh, then all of a sudden he, he was playing after that. And then the following year he was the dude. I'm not expecting Zamir White to, to go that long without you know getting a lot of burn, but I could see him being used very sparingly this year and then next year all of a sudden him being like the guy. Right, and, and that would make a lot of sense to me. Again, a, a fourth-round uh, pick as far as the running back position goes. We all know the value that the running backs have in the league right now, and they're not as valued as high as they should be or, or at one time were. So, you know, if you think a fourth-round pick is all of a sudden you're starting running back at some point, that shouldn't be a shock to anybody. Yeah, you because know? the way we see the running backs now, the fourth round, that's like, hey, that's good value. Right. Because that's maybe a sweet a, spot for him. A few years ago, maybe he did have first round, second round talent a few years ago. But now, you know, with all the analytics stuff, and I hate it. But hey, you don't want to take a running back that early. Right, right, right. And that's again, that's a shame that they just they do the that the running back position like that. But I mean, we know the wear and tear on a running back's body, man, is just it's just incredible. You know, and unless you're like the elite of the elite running backs. You know, you're just not the value's not there. I mean, even look at C Mac, look at Christian McCaffrey, and you know, is 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 talented as a dude he is, even I still question the Panthers giving him that contract extension. Not because he doesn't deserve it, but look what's happened since. You know what I mean? So when people say, Well, you don't you don't get a, a running back super early and you don't give him a big time contract, as much as I w- wanna disagree and say, No, that's not right, you you, you need to pay these cats. You look at a, a situation like C-Mac, and ever since he signed his big contract extension, he really hasn't, hasn't done a whole lot. It's just unfortunate. And even the ones that you think are the home runs like Derrick Henry, you know, you still got to worry about, hey, that injury, he misses. He tries to come back during playoff time, doesn't have it. So now I do. I'm a little worried. This is me getting a little Titans talk. I'm worried about how he's going to come back and play this upcoming season coming off of that foot injury. You know, and you feel pretty good about him just because you know the kind of condition he's in. You know how, how strong he is. He's a big dude. You, you, so you're assuming that he's going to go back into uh, Derrick Henry form. But, again, that's an assumption. You know, we don't, we don't know that. And, you know, the, the value for the running backs just is not what it should be. So I think it's a very, as far as I'm concerned, my, uh, my, my, two, my two probably biggest questions I have about the team, and again, it's not even really concerns. I mean, you know, there's a difference between just a question about a position and a concern about a position. Uh, I think the concern, when you talk about concerns and you talk offensive line, I think that's legit. You know what I mean? I think, okay, there should be concerns about the offensive line. I think the secondary and the running back room, I just have questions. Who's going to emerge as the dude? Now, I, I was pounding the table all, all offseason for uh, a veteran cornerback. 
Well, the Raiders didn't go and get a veteran quarterback outside of uh, Rocky Sin. So they obviously either feel pretty good about the, 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 the strength of their room right now or they know something I don't know, right? <laughs> well, they know a lot of things that I don't know. But they, they, they have an idea of something. So, you know, that, that's, they either feel good about the corners or they just, you know, they got outbid, you know, for, for some veteran corners. So uh, I'm, I'm not really concerned about the quarterback room. I just want to know who's going to emerge as the leaders of that room. You know, or, or, or the secondary in general. I feel good about Trayvon Merrick. Uh, we talked about Jonathan Abram. I talked about Jonathan Abram on my podcast. Uh, I'm interested to see what role they have in him. And, and let me just reiterate and talk about it at the very top right now. When I ask and say I want to, I'm interested in the role that they have for Jonathan Abram, doesn't mean that I'm bashing him. <laughs> it doesn't mean that I don't like him. It means that I'm interested in the role that they're going to have for him. Just like I'm interested in the running back room. I don't think anyone questions how I feel about Josh Jacobs. I think he's a hell of a running back. I, I think he's a hell of a running back. I think he's a hell of a dude. I mean, there's, there's so much to, to like, but I still question what the running back room is going to look like. I, I, I'm interested to see what Josh's role is going to be. I really am. And that's not saying that he's not a hell of a player, but also, just like Clee Furl, he didn't get his fifth-year option picked up. So that's, that's, that's questions. I mean, it's, it's okay to have questions and still be, you know, hoping that the guy does really well. I hope Jonathan Abram balls out. But it's so funny when you bring up his name, and I'm not too sure why, but you bring up his name and it's like everyone gets offended. <laughs> you know, like it's almost like the Derek Carr effect. You know, it's when you bring up Carr's name and there's like half the crew is, is, is pro Carr and the other half is like screaming and yelling that they need to replace him. It's like how can we just can't talk about the dude without having to have an agenda with it? I mean, I just had a question. I just have a question about you know, Jonathan Abram. And I had that question when Gus Bradley took over as a defensive coordinator last year. How was he going to use Abram? And I thought the role that, that he played last year was fantastic. thought it was perfect. It was just unfortunate he got injured. And that's just what's happened so far with him. He's got injured. And as Paul told us yesterday on the show, Paul Gutierrez said, hey, I think he would say that he's disappointed when he gets injured because he wants to be out there. Everyone wants to be out there playing. You think that dude, as much energy and passion as he has, doesn't want to be out there playing? Come on, man, that dude's like a ball of energy. He's always fired up to be out there, so let's make no mistake about that. But, yeah, my question is about the secondary, and my question is about the running back you know, room. So just want to know how both of those are going to shape up. 702-365-9200, also the Salmon Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Damon, who'd you say is up? Elliot. Elliot, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, what's going on, Q? What's going on, Damon? Cool. Hey, uh, so, you know, I I, uh, I get to talk about the secondary and all, but, you know, I'm looking at the linebacking group as uh, kind of okay. a really weak area on the team. Um, I don't know. You got Denzel Perryman for sure as a starter and then Divine Diablo. And then beyond that, you know, I mean, there's a lot of rookies and just journeymen, is journeymen I guess you would say, as well. So what do you guys think? I like it. Thank you, Elliot, for the call. Appreciate it. You know, uh, it's so funny. The linebacking core, uh, I'm interested to see how it shakes out, right? I don't really have a big question, but it's funny how all of a sudden you you, you pick up something and and you kind of – it makes you feel a certain way about it. And what I mean by that, I know that's a really weird, you know, like description, but – um, just talking to, to Antonio Pierce, the linebacker coach yesterday, that just has me fired up. You know, one, I know that he played at a very high level when he was in the league. Um, and, and just the energy that he brought in that media session that he had yesterday, I just feel like that this, that, that, that room is going to be 
You know what I mean? Like, exactly. You know, you know when you get that feeling, like, you know what? They're going to be just fine. I just feel like they have a really good leader, and, and not to mention Denzel Perriman is a really good leader as well. So I think that he's going to help out. And if Devon Diablo is healthy, and, you know, I know he's got the red, the red jersey on right now. It's just, hey, don't make sure you don't hit this guy. You know, he's, he's not a guy that you're hitting right now, and they're not hitting anybody right now, but you really are maintaining uh, kid gloves with him right now. I just think that he has a chance. I think Devon Diablo has a real chance to be a dude. And the reason I say that, and we could ask Vinny about this as well when he comes up. He'll come up in a matter of a few minutes. Um, I just think that the way that the league is going now, I know Devon Diablo is a converted safety, but just the way that it's going, I just think his athleticism and his ability, and we saw some, some good stuff from him a year ago. I think with the NFL knowledge now under his belt and, and a little bit of seasoning under his belt and, and, and learning from Antonio Pierce, who was a really good linebacker on the NFL level, has a Super Bowl ring that he won with the Giants, I just think that that is going to go a long way and you're really going to see him develop. And that's just my gut feeling. Now, he's got to go put in the work. But between Devon Diablo, Jayon Brown, who I think is going to really help out in coverage – I really think he's going to help out in coverage. And then Denzel Perryman being the leader, getting everybody lined up. What did Antonio Pierce say yesterday? Hey, to be able to survive in this Patrick Graham defense, you got to be able to communicate. Well, you know what Denzel Perryman could do? He can communicate. He's a guy that, that could talk, and he'll get, you, he'll get you where you need to be. I mean, that is a football player. He's out there having fun, but he's a football player. That's, that's what I do know about Denzel Perryman. I mean, he's, he is all about that business when he's on the field, but he's, he's about that business in a fun way. You know, when you hear him mic'd up and you hear him, you know, joking or whatever like that, he's still communicating in a major way. So I think that that's going to help. He'll be similar to, to what Antonio Pierce said he was when he was uh, playing a coach on the field. I think Denzel Perriman is going to be able to be a coach on the field as well. And Divine Diablo is a guy that I look at that I think, you know what, he's going to benefit a lot from Pierce and playing along Perriman, uh, alongside Perriman some more. Jayon Brown, they brought him in as a free agent for a reason, and I honestly believe that's because he's going to be really good in coverage. So that's, that's I'm, I guess I say that, it's a long-winded way of saying that I don't really have questions about the linebacking room. I just feel like, I just trust that it's going to be all right. <laughs> it's just going to be all right. Let's take one more call before we get to the break. Let's talk to our brother Fargo Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, Kim DeMond, thank you for taking my call. Um, I think he raised a great point with the linebacker thing that I think we're just going to be shifting guys like Abram down and moving around so much that there won't be too much of a soft spot where the backers are like we've had. So I get the concern, but I think that that multiple aspect of defense, you know, might offset that a little bit. Um, my real question, and it's not even uh, that big a question because we know for sure you know, Waller is, is tight end one, but that tight end room's got a whole bunch of tight ends. And while everybody's always hot on Moreau, I haven't seen anything spectacular to change my mind that at this point he's just another, you know, depth piece. So who, what are we going to see in terms of movement there? You know, could one of the guys that came in possibly challenge Moreau for that spot too? That would be my question right now at this moment. Thank you guys for taking my call and you have a great day. Hey, thanks for the call, my man. I appreciate you. The tight ends, Jesper Horstead, he just came in the other day, Nick Bowers, Darren Waller, uh, Cole Fotheringham, and Foster Moreau, and Jacob Hollister. Those are the guys right now currently in the tight end room. They have six of them. Um, maybe. You know, I didn't really think about pushing and uh, challenging Foster Moreau for a, a position. I feel like that he's uh, kind of solidified that. But 
uh, you bring up some good points. You know, there's multiple guys in there. Of course, they, they want to get the best guys out there and put them on the on the roster. So maybe there is maybe there is some big time competition in that tight end room. I'm not too sure. You know, uh, when they brought in Jesper and we were looking at his uh, at his numbers and everything. I mean, he he hasn't done too much since he's been in the league. But you know, coming out of college, man, he was a big time player in college. Now he was an Ivy League guy, but. Hey man, they, the dude had talent. Obviously, he, uh, he he scored a bunch of touchdowns. I believe he had twenty eight career touchdowns. Or I mean, he he, he was a dude. So uh, it, it's it's funny. I look at that guy and I say, I wonder what his role could be. Is he a, just a guy that's here for right now, or is he a guy that could be potentially in a you know longer run? You know, is he a guy that maybe could make the practice squad and then end up being a player later on? Who knows? But uh, that's you bring up a good one right there with the tight ends room because I really. Hadn't thought about that. So love to hear from you, Raider Nation. Want to know what question, what question you have, what position group you still have a question about. And it doesn't have to be a concern. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. Like I said, it could be depth like I have. I, I'm wondering about the secondary and the running back room, but not, not because I'm doubting them, because I just wonder about the depth. There's, again, we're looking at a 90-man roster right now, and the secondary has got a lot of dudes. There's 18 defensive backs right now on the roster, and the running backs, they have, uh, they have some depth right now as well with seven. So uh, that, that's, that's why I question who's going to be what and who's going to do what and how are they going to do it. Uh, when it comes to those two positions. But I'd love to hear from you, 69187, keyword R&R. When we come back, we'll go in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. He'll join the show. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. And it's time to go inside the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Sponsored by Embajador Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group. That's right, Raiders insider, beat rider, talent extraordinaire, Vinny Bonsignor joins us now here on Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. And Vinny, let me ask you this, man. We started off the show, our question, our topic of the day was... Outside of the offensive line, what position group do you have a question about? And before you answer, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad thing. It doesn't mean that it's a concern or you're, you're worried about it, but it's just a question that you have. So when you look at this Raiders team, again, outside of the offensive line, is there a position group that you look at with a couple questions? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we have to uh, talk about cornerback and, for me, linebacker as well. I think the Raiders are going to be okay, Q, um, but – you know, until we actually see it on the field right now, for me, uh, there's some questions, whether it's the health of Trayvon Mullen, uh, whether it's some of the newcomers in that cornerback room that we just haven't seen uh, in Raider uniforms. Um, and in li- as far as that linebacker room, you know, aside from, uh, uh, you know, Denzel Perryman, Divine Diablo, we liked what we saw last year in his limited time, but everyone else is a newcomer. So those are two positions that you have to put at least a little bit of a question mark next to you know, and it's so funny, we had uh, our guy Elliot called us and talked about the linebacking room, and I said, you know what's funny, and maybe I'm being a prisoner of the moment, but after talking to linebacking coach Antonio Pierce yesterday, I just kind of feel like I, everything that you said I agree with, but I just feel like, you know what, that position's going to be all right. They're going to be okay just with that dude. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think there's a lot to like and a lot of potential uh, with both of those spots, uh, linebacker and, and cornerback. It's just that it's such a new group in a lot of ways. Uh, and in, in Divine Diablo's case, you know, we only got a short period of time to really watch him play last year. Um, but there's, there's enough in both of those rooms 
and I think the coaching as well and the scheme that Patrick Graham is drawing up uh, to, to put them, uh, both of those groups, in, in, in uh, position to succeed. But there's always that unknown factor as well. And so uh, until we actually see them in games, uh, I'm gonna, I have a little bit of concern. Right. No, no doubt about it. That's very fair. And, you know, how much do you think Denzel Perryman helps uh, that running, that linebacking room, how, how it helps them develop? Just because you know he's the veteran, you know he's the pro bowler. Uh, Antonio Pierce talked to uh, us about communicating. you got to be able to communicate. Well, we know Denzel can do that. How much do you think he'll help a Jayon Brown grow? How much do you think he'll help a Devon Diablo get even better? Yeah, I think that's a key to uh, to a lot of what they're trying to do. And uh, they mentioned yesterday how uh, Denzel, um, you know, he's he's an interesting dude. He's a, he's kind of not quirky. I wouldn't call and I wouldn't say quirky in a bad way uh, at all. But he's pretty unique uh, in his personality. And you know, hearing uh, Antonio talk about, you know, he's one of those dudes that when he talks, people really listen <laughs> to to, uh, mm-hmm. to Denzel. So I'm sure in his own way and in his voice. Um, he's a big part of what they're doing, and he's kind of a glue guy right now. We saw what he's capable of doing. I know there's some limitations in the pass game. We get it. He's not the tallest guy uh, out there. But from a sideline to sideline, working the run game, uh, being where he's supposed to be, being tough, uh, Denzel Perryman is, is a glue guy for that Raiders defense. Right now we're in the huddle with our beat writer, Raiders beat writer, Vinny Bonsignor, here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. My man DeMond's got one for you. All right, Vinny, the running joke all week has been that no one can see anything because you're so far away on the <laughs> field. But today you guys were inside, and you had to tweet about it, it was a little bit competitive towards the end of the practice, the offense and the defense. So what did you see between, from the team today? Yeah, it was uh, it was an 11-on-11 period, and the, and the majority of it, uh, as far as the really competitive part of it, uh, was the younger players out there getting a chance to uh, to do their thing. Uh, and it ended with a uh, a goal line stand basically by the uh, by the defense by the Raiders uh, defense a bunch of young guys and you love when you see the veterans on the sidelines cheering their particular group on you had the offense on one side and the defense on the other sideline uh, and then when it was all said and done because the defense won that battle there goes the offense the entire offense uh, including the starters on the sideline doing push-ups uh, but it was lively and it was uh, competitive you love to see it especially. When it gets down to the to the goal line, we talked about this in the morning show. You know, when you heard Carver Bruschello talk about playing your best when your best counts, it's the red zone. When you think about it, you know uh, those types, uh, th- those trips to the red zone, whether it's offense or defense, being able to make sure that you're either scoring touchdowns offensively or denying points defensively, and a lot of times that comes down to making plays, and it starts with a competitive spirit. And you saw that without question uh, on both sides of the ball during that last uh, period today for the Raiders. How I mean, you mentioned the the push-ups that the the offense had to do. How much do you think that that helps them? Not only them having to do push-ups and get really competitive because they don't want to do those push-ups, but I saw coaches. I actually saw an official too, but I saw coaches doing push-ups as well. I did see that officially. So he was trying to get himself in shape for the season as well. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, and you know what it does, Q. Uh, it's 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 not an us against them because obviously both sides were Raiders. But when you, it's a bonding type of a thing too, and you're all invested. Whether you're standing on the sidelines, you know, shouting out uh, encouragement, or or telling a guy uh, if you're a defensive player, one of the DBs, you know, watch for this, watch for that. You heard everybody uh, yelling and, and and talking and communicate on the field, off the field. But it creates a bond. Uh, everybody's invested uh, in the success and sometimes even the failure. So even though Derek Carr had nothing to do uh, with, with what was going on in terms of. You know, the, the play not being completed, he was over there watching from the sidelines. 
guess who was down there doing a, a push-up was, was Derek Carr. So to me, it's not just, you know, the, the not wanting to do a, a push-up, but who wants to do push-ups, let's face it. Um, <laughs> but it was also something where you're, you're getting, you're creating a nice bond. Uh, uh, from between the, you know, among those offensive players and defensive players. Right, no doubt about it. Again, we're talking with Vinny Bonsignor right now on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. How about Devontae Adams? He met with the media following the practice. We were all in the media room. And um, what was, actually, before I, I'm not, I don't want to lead you in any direction. So what was your biggest takeaway from what Devontae Adams had to say? Um, love talking and hearing from Devontae. Uh, but, but there, and I'm writing about this uh, in the Review Journal. Nice. Um, you know what, what, what was pretty impressive today, uh, Q um, uh, and Damon? You know what, a, a takeaway that I took was the honesty from Aaron Rodgers. You know, let's be honest about that, because he could have told Devontae Adams anything to keep him there in Green Bay, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be here five, six years is where I'm going to be. Uh, don't go anywhere. I got your back. I'm going to be here. Um, but he was, he was honest about his own uncertainty about his situation in Green Bay, and letting and, and being upfront and frank with Devontae Adams to say, look, man, you need to make the call that you're making. I can't promise you that I'm going to be here beyond next year. And if me not being here, um, you know, uh, affects that decision, you know, I totally understand it. I totally get it. You got to keep, you look out for yourself. So, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a lot of things to a lot of people, but today I found out that he was upfront and honest with Devontae Adams. And I think that that's a, a, a pretty good thing for him. That's a really good point. I mean, I, I picked up on it when he, you know, basically alluded to Aaron Rodgers wasn't going to be around very long. Didn't even think about the aspect of how honest Aaron Rodgers was with Devontae. That's a great point, Vinny. Uh, thank you so much for pointing that out. How about the hunger in Devontae Adams and how he has so much that he still wants to achieve? And really, from what I understood and the way it sounded to me, he isn't near where he wants to be. No, and I think that that's uh, really tremendous for a guy that's eight years in the league and um, you know, kind of a borderline already pushing himself into that Hall of Fame category. Uh, but it's obvious, which is why he left Green Bay, let's face it, that uncertainty with Aaron Rodgers not being there and him saying, look, there's a lot that I want to accomplish, not just as an individual, which everybody has the right to think along those terms and think about their own legacy uh, and, and, what, and, and when they leave this game, what they're going to have left behind. Uh, and he has every right to think along those terms, but also from a team. I think he wants to win championships, and that also obviously adds to legacy. And I think if you're Raider Nation, um, this is good news because he looked at the Raider situation, and obviously Derek Carr being there uh, was a big component in there. In that, the faith that he showed in Derek Carr to help him get where he wants to go, whether it's as an individual player or uh, from a team aspect, the fact that Devontae Adams, as good as he is, playing in a great situation in Green Bay with a great quarterback. Like Aaron Rodgers said, you know what, that's where I want to be because I believe that that team, that organization, that quarterback can help me get where I still want to go. It also helps, obviously, that it's Las Vegas. It's close to his beloved California. His grandparents get to come watch him play now. They haven't been able to do that uh, with him in Green Bay. But uh, I love the fact that he is saying there's still so much that I have left uh, on the table, and this is where I believe – uh, being here with the Raiders here in Las Vegas is going to help me get to all of my objectives and goals. All right, Vinny, Q mentioned takeaways a little bit earlier there. So what was your biggest takeaway from this mandatory minicamp, whether it be something that someone said in a press or what you saw on the field? You know what? Um, what's so interesting is that uh, I think the Raiders have a, have a good feeling that they're onto something, but they're not going to let us know about that at all. 
Uh, and I've asked a couple of questions about, hey, man, when you're looking over here and seeing Devontae Adams and Darren Waller and how good can this offense be? Q, I think you even asked that uh, to Devontae today. Yeah. Um, and they're not willing yet. To, I think they know, Q. I think, you know, you can see it in their face like, man, how good? I think this offense has a chance to be spectacular. But they're not putting that out there yet. Mm-hmm. They understand, uh, DeMond, that in order to get there, you need to take the, te- the necessary steps right now. If you skip this process, uh, being too focused on what could happen, what could happen is never going to happen. You have to take the necessary steps today, tomorrow, when training camp uh, unfolds during the preseason, uh, and every other step along the way to getting where you want to get to. And I truly believe the way they're talking, it leads me to believe that they know what they're capable of, but they're not going to skip any steps along the way. Talking again with Vinny Bonsignor here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920 as we take a dip inside the huddle. And, Vinny, let me ask you this. Was there any kind of a, a, a coach that we talked to or we heard from the past three days that really stood out to you and, and you got a whole lot from? Hard not to be impressed with uh, Antonio Pierce. Um, right. you, know, uh, you know, there's certain coaches that you, you want to go out there and play for him. You know what I'm saying? And, and I, I can only imagine, especially in an important position like linebacker, uh, he's going to get that group uh, fired up and ready to go. And also, I think he understands the game from all aspects, being a player, being a broadcaster, being a coach. Um, you know, he was a, basically a coach on the field, being a Super Bowl champion, being somebody of respect and understanding um, every step along the way, being the, 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 the bright-eyed rookie, being the seasoned veteran, being somebody that's playing for a contract, um, you know, being somebody that maybe is a little bit uncertain on, on their role. He's seen it from all vantage points, and hearing him talk about it, um, I got fired up. So, uh, so I can only imagine what the players are feeling like. Yeah, no doubt. It's so yeah. funny, Vinny. I was saying that Ron Miles was my guy last season, right? That was the yeah. guy oh, that really, yeah. you know, he got me going. But Antonio Pierce, just off what we heard, that 10 minutes or whatever it was that we heard from him uh, yesterday, that got me fired up as well. So I'm, I'm excited about him. Uh, as far as uh, Coach Priscillo, the offensive line coach, you know, he's got a lot to work with. I mentioned at the top that, you know, hey, there's, there's a lot of questions still. There's concerns when it comes to the offensive line. Uh, what did you think of his approach when he was kind of talking to us what he's looking for? Yeah, he, he definitely has that teacher uh, element to him. You can you can kind of feel that. Uh, and I feel like they're feeling their way right now with that offensive line, specifically in Q. We were there watching today uh, over at right tackle. Uh, today it was Brandon Parker again getting the majority of snaps at right tackle with um, uh, and, or, uh, Alex Leatherwood blending in uh, at times. So, um, you know, I, I, I think I said it earlier today on the on the morning show, um, you don't want to read too much into what's going on with the depth chart right now, but you would be naive not to read anything into the fact, you know, that uh, that, that uh, Leatherwood isn't getting all that, those snaps at right tackle because when we look over at left tackle, guess what? Cole Miller is the starting left tackle. Right now, John Simpson's been the starting left guard. Uh, Andre James is the starting uh, center. For right now, Lester Cotton uh, appears to have won at least the backup spot or if Denzel's not good. Um, he's, he's the guy that's getting all those first team reps, uh, over at right guard. And it's a, it's been kind of a, uh, switch off over at right tackle. What does that mean? Um, and I, I guess we're going to find out at some point, but, uh, you have to read something into that. Right. No, I agree. I agree. It's going to be interesting, man. It really is. These uh, past three days that we've been here uh, checking out mandatory minicamp has been fun, but really the fun doesn't get started and get ramped up until training camp, and that'll be here sooner rather than later. Well, you mentioned uh, what you're writing for the RJ. Uh, Put it out there again, man, so we be on the lookout for it. 
Yeah, I'm definitely writing about Devontae Adams and about something that, you know, that he said that kind of registered a little bit because we know, guys, it just shows you that the respect, really, that Aaron has for Devontae and, and maybe that unwritten rule in professional sports, you know, it is a team thing, but everyone understands there's an individual element to that uh, as well. And I think that guys are usually pretty honest with each other, and, and Aaron Rodgers could have said whatever the hell um, Devontae Adams wanted to uh, uh, hear in order to keep him in Green Bay, because let's face it, Devontae Adams helps Aaron Rodgers just as much as Aaron Rodgers helps Devontae Adams, but instead um, he was straight up with them, and that's that's part of what I'm writing about uh, and about exactly what you talked about, uh, Q. There's still a lot of goals, uh, and, it's still, and it's still a whole bunch of stuff left out on the t- that table uh, that, uh, that Devontae Adams wants to tackle, and I have a feeling that he's going to do just that here with the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. I do too. I really do. I was excited when I heard that he wanted to. He had a lot more goals that he had, and he had a lot of things that he was trying to get accomplished. And uh, he, him and Derek were still chasing some things. I thought that that was a good little phrase that he used earlier today. Well, Vinny, thank you so much, my man. Great insight as always. Like I said, I'll be looking for your article on Devonte and more uh, when you put them out. And keep doing what you're doing. Appreciate all your work on the morning tailgate as well. All right, guys. Have a good one. All right, brother, there he goes, Vinny Bonsignor, uh, the Las Vegas Review-Journal, obviously Raider Nation Radio as well. I've uh, been checking him out on the morning tailgate with Clay Baker and Heidi Fang's been doing a fantastic job, but uh, he's going to be dipping in and out a lot with, uh, with myself and DeMond as well here on Unnecessary Roughness. 2.47 is the time. Uh, when we come back, we'll close out hour number one. We can take your calls and take your texts. What is your question? What position do you still have a question about? It doesn't have to be a concern. It doesn't have to be something that you're worried about, but you still have a question about it. Let us know about it. 702-365-9200 or the Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. This is Red Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. We're live here at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ. Been asking the question, outside of the offensive line, what position group do you have a question about? 702-365-9200. Also, the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. How about this one from Mailman Raider? Q, most of my questions go to the coaching staff. Can they fix the red zone issues on both sides? Who do they really like from the previous regime? Has McDanny really learned from his last uh, head coaching job and bring a competitive team every Sunday? Has our players bought into the systems implemented, and can they execute them? I can keep going, but this is getting too long, and people need their checks delivered. That's from the Mailman Raider. Yeah, get your get your delivery on, my man. Definitely appreciate you. And I'll say this. As far as the players buying in from what it looks like right now, from where I'm standing, it, it looks like they're all bought in. I mean, everyone that we have talked to so far, and look, it's only been a small handful of guys that we've been able to talk to. Everyone is, hey, I'm deep diving into my playbook. Uh, I'm learning this new system. We're all growing together. I mean, everything that you want to hear. Now, that's what you want to hear. You'll know, for a matter of fact, once training camp comes, you'll know who's deep diving into their playbook and who's not. You know, I mean, there was, that was one thing that stood out, and I probably should have asked Vinny that while we were talking to him in the last segment. That was something that stood out to us pretty early in training camp last year was it looked like this team was really coming together and really knew what their expectations were. And, I mean, it just I, – I, I said it so many times, like, man, it just something feels different about this team that they really understand what their, what their jobs are and what their expectations are. Now, look, it's a new regime, new coaching staff, a lot of things that all these guys are going to have to absorb and learn. From young guys to veterans, they're all going to have to learn this new system. And, of course, there's a handful of guys that have been either with Patrick Graham or Josh McDaniels at some point along the way. So they have a leg up. But, 
I mean, this is all new for everyone, including the quarterback, including Devontae Adams. I mean, er- everyone. You know, there's a lot of new going on. So these guys, they have to dedicate themselves to learning it and really all being on the same page. And that, like I said, will stand out in a major way in training camp. Early in training camp, it may be a little slow because they're still on, on things and trying to work out the kinks. But as, as training camp goes on, you should be able to see them continue to evolve and improve. Let's go out to the Rare Nation. Listen to the line at 702-365-9200. Talk to our guy, Gangster, Gangster, Gangster Raider. What's on your mind? What's happening, y'all? Hey, the, um, my biggest concern is um, a coaching um, thing. Is, is I think the special team coaches because I think um, one of our strongest units last year was a special team. And without the special teams, we don't win those four or five games in a row we had to win to make the playoffs. And so the, the um, special teams coaches that we hired, I, I got a real concern about because for the previous stops, they weren't the best. You know what I'm saying? And as far as the players, the um, position group I'm um got questions about is the linebackers because, you know, what what's usually our um downfall, the tight end, like Kelsey and uh, um Cook and um out down here in LA and is Cook still with um the Chargers? Uh, I believe know? so, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so we gotta have um linebackers that can cover the tight end and also they can stop the run, so they gotta be fungible and be able to do what they need to do to get out. So that's my only concern is the linebacking group and the special team coaches because they seem a little iffy, you know what I'm saying? Well, other than that, I'm feeling good. You know, I think we going if we can shoot up those in the offensive line, man, if we can get to 38 points a game and if we can get three, because I know um, we're going to score more points because a lot of those field goals that we were settling for, McDaniel's going to turn those to touchdowns, you know what I'm saying? So I know we should score at least 38 points a game. If the defense can hold to at least 17 a game, we should be really, really, really stout. You know what I mean? But that's all <laughs> well, I wanted to say. You ain't losing no games if you score 38 points a game and the defense holds teams to 17 points. You ain't losing nothing. <laughs> but uh, that's, I, I get what you're saying, though. And, uh, yeah, I think that McDaniels is really going to help out in the red zone in a major way. I've, I've been saying that for a while. Uh, the linebackers, I don't know why, man. Maybe I'm just uh, falling for banana and tailpipe. I feel I feel okay about that that uh, that, that uh, position. Uh, you know, I just think that Antonio Pierce is going to have those guys cooking. I think Denzel Perriman is going to have those guys cooking. And like Vinny said, it's a lot of new, you know, outside of Denzel and Devon Diablo. But uh, I think those guys are going to get up to speed. And, and Jayon Brown, I think, is going to play a major role in covering those tight ends that you talk about. So thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Let's get one more in. Let's go to our guy, Mitch, in New Jersey real quick. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, sir. How you doing, buddy? I'm blessed. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. Um, I just say our running backs. You said we got seven. Yep. The young man's game for sure. I think maybe we're shy, but I definitely want to see that. You say our running back makes the team, and I think White's gonna give um, give our guy a run for the money. Okay. Sounds good. Th- hey, thank you for the call, my man. Be safe those roads and uh, yeah, running back again is is interesting to me, and it's a question I have, and it's not a concern. I'm not concerned about it. It's not like I'm concerned like there's not talent in the room. I just think there's a lot of talent <laughs> in that room, and I'm interested to see exactly how that talent is is distributed. You know, like who's going to be running back one? I believe it's Josh Jacobs. Uh, how does Kenyon Drake fit into that? You know, I believe he's running back two. Where does Brandon Bolden come in? He comes in from New England. He's, uh, you know, he knows his system. He's he's kind of a, a, a coach on the field almost, you know. Uh, he's in that leadership position. He, he knows a lot of different things. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot, I feel like a lot of questions when it comes to the running back room and it's not like I said a concern 
It's just a question of how it all shakes out. So when I ask if I'm looking at the, the question, what position do you have a question about? It doesn't have to be a concern. It could just be something that is making you curious or, or, or you really got your mind on it uh, as well. So uh, definitely hit us up and let us know. 702-365-9200, Salmon Ash text line 69187. When we come back, uh, we'll hear from one of the coaches that talked to the media earlier today. Plus, we'll continue to take your calls and texts. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Red Nation Radio 920.